I'd achieved the kind of success I wanted, but I just wasn't happy. My dad had died, grown the business, and I was having to work with all these nightmare clients. And then I had a friend of mine who she's designed the website, designed that whole personal brand at nevharris.com. And I was talking to her and I'm like, I'm just not happy. It's just, you know, I don't know what to do with the business. And she says, why do you worry so much about local businesses? She says, we're in an international economy. She says, you could work all over the globe. And we had friends that did that. She did that. We had, she was in Australia. Most of her clients were in the U.S. We had friends that traveled the globe and did, that lived the digital nomad lifestyle. Hello, welcome back. This is your first time joining us. Welcome. This is the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finan. Today's guest is Nev Harris. Nev specializes in helping agencies and freelancers to manage their cash flow and take care of their finances. For all listeners to this podcast, you will get his course, which is $197, Cash Flow Made Simple, for free during the coronavirus by putting in the code FCOVID. F-C-O-V-I-D over at nevharris.com. You can get access to this course, which shows easy systems for injecting flexibility and peace of mind into managing your cash flow, how to make better business forecasts and thresholds. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to digitalnomadcafe.com for all the links and resources mentioned. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finan, and today's guest is Nev Harris from nevharris.com. Nev is an agency owner and his superpower is teaching people how to understand their money. Nev, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Adam. So Nev, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Well, I'm an agency owner and I help other agency owners understand their money because I think they can understand their money. The problem is it was just never explained simply to them. Yeah, I mean, you, you find that a lot of, I mean, both agency owners and freelancers, this has come up on a number of episodes. Um, and it's very important right now when cash flow maybe is a bit difficult for some people. But, you know, managing your cash flow or the improper management of your money, it can stifle your growth, essentially. You know, it, it can mean you can't take on bigger projects because you're waiting on payouts from other projects and, and that can um, stifle you. So is that something you would see? Oh, yeah, 100%, definitely, um, that you could be having, like you said, a really great month, but yet you're worried that you're not get, you're not going to have enough money to pay your bills in five days because you're worried about where, where, where you're getting the other money in. Chasing invoices, oh, man, I've yeah, been there. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. You know, you're old, you know, you could be owed thousands and, uh, yeah, you don't have the money for, you don't have the money for your rent, but, you know, on paper, you're, uh, you're, you're loaded, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, no, that, that, that's, that, that's, that's real talk right there. That, that's how that happens. Absolutely. And, and I guess, so, you know, let's wind it back a little bit, like, you know, how, because, I mean, your website over at nevharris.com, it's a very good website. You have courses, lots of free resources, um, you know, and it's very well designed. Like, it's it's a real good polished product. So, I mean, if we can wind it back to, you know, when you graduated from the University of uh, Pittsburgh and, you know, you were working in accountancy, like, you know, what made you look online? What made you look to this, this industry versus, um, you know, maybe to the more traditional um, accountancy routes? 
<laughs> well, how much time do we have? Because that's a long story. No, um, let, let me try to sum it up really quickly. Um, I went, so I graduated from Pitt and then I went to get my MBA at Duquesne and in finance and I was going to get involved in the finance field. And then, well, September 11th happened and a couple other things happened, but I did have an internship at the end there. And I was stuck in a room for 10 hours a day staring at spreadsheets. And it, I was like, this is not going to be my life. Um, so I, I didn't want to get involved exactly in finance. So I ended up having a mortgage company and other things in my 20s, which went really well till that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, 2008. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, and then fast forward, I ended up with a print publication. I've got a friend. I, I went for a company. It's first job I had with a company. And after a year of that, I realized this is not for me. I was a director of uh, marketing and uh, the portfolio analyst. So, um, and then, so I bought this franchise and I it was print got started in there. It was pretty much just cold calling, knocking on doors, selling advertising. And then fast forward, I had a designer. I ended up getting another print magazine and I uh, had a designer. He was really talented. Um, and we had people that wanted us to build websites. And so we're like, yeah, what the hell? How hard's a website to design? You know, yeah, famous last words right there, right? For sure. But I mean, that's a natural, um, I mean, even I know from dealing, <clears throat> excuse me, with a, a number of clients here in Ireland when I was doing a lot of the freelancing for people and they would often be using the local paper, especially furniture stores and, um, you know, large you know, places that sell these large items like that, bedding stores and furniture stores. And the most obvious upsell to me for the newspaper companies was always uh, social media, Facebook ads, websites, yet none of them offered it. And um, until one of them did, that's the, that's the thing, you know, nobody offered it until one of them did. And then all of a sudden that one of them was making far more than everybody else because rather than just uh, like a newspaper advert, which um, to be fair, I mean, most people didn't really put too much effort into, you know what I mean? It was lazy copy, lazy pictures, um, you know, the advertisers or the... the the places who were placing the ads would maybe just send a couple of pictures and those graphic designers in those places were often overworked and rushed, you know, last minute getting it ready for print. And, and it just, um, yeah, I mean, it wa wasn't uh, the, the highest level of design, let's say, but, um, you know, so th that's, you could see that there was a massive opportunity for that in Ireland. So clearly that's something that you've seen yourself as well. Is that right? Yeah. And, um, and so I, I saw, because I had all these clients is that is everything you just said. And then, um, we started, um, doing it, but we, we didn't do it pretty much online yet. We did stuff online, but we did it for local businesses. And, um, then that was, it didn't go as smoothly as planned. Um, I actually, we grew the business to, um, I had nine people working for me and, um, but about, uh, it was about a year ago. I was miserable. Um, I'd achieved the kind of success I wanted, but I just wasn't happy. My dad had died and, uh, I grown the business and I was having to work with all these nightmare clients. And then I had a friend of mine who she's designed, designed the website, designed that whole personal brand at nevharris.com. And I was talking to her and I'm like, I'm just not happy. It's just, you know, um, I don't know what to do with the business. And she says, why do you worry so much about local businesses? It's not like just focusing strictly on local businesses. She says, we're in an 
international economy. She says you could work all over the globe. And we had friends that did that. She did that. We had, she was in Australia. Most of her clients were in the U.S. We had friends that traveled the globe and did a, the, that lived the digital nomad lifestyle. And I said, you know what? You're right. And um, so, and then I said, what could I help people with? And I, and for years I had been helping just a lot of people that I just ran into that were agency owners and freelancers understand their money because it's something I'm passionate about. So, you know, we, we, she helped me transition that into a business. So now we're completely online, you know, and we've, even with our agency, we, we turn down more than probably 75% of the leads we get because they don't fit our criteria anymore because, you know, we, we're playing in a much wider ocean because we're, you know, all digital now. And I guess, you know, a big part of that, especially for freelancers, but I mean, definitely it affects agencies too, is, you know, you know knowing who your ideal clients are and, and knowing when to say no to people, because like you're saying, some people, some businesses are absolute headaches to work with, a nightmare. <laughs> and oh, yeah, and, and I think you... I found every single one of them and worked with them at one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I mean, every I think anyone who freelances uh, might tell you that they've had their fair share. But w- once you get to a, yeah, like, I mean, one, but you only get this with experience, you know, because when you start out, you're like, yeah, you work with everybody because you're just trying to build that portfolio, you're trying to build that revenue. And then, you know, once you like like mature i guess as a business and as a as a business owner you can kind of identify okay you know like these are some trip wires when we're on board and these are some things to look out for when screening clients and you know you don't just agree with everybody and the irony of that is sometimes people then want to work with you more because they all know that they can't have you like if you're turning down 75 percent of people some of them are like what man i really want to work with you guys like what the- Come on, you know, and, and you might create that effect, you know, where people don't, um, you know, they're not guaranteed to work with you. I agree with you. One of them, and, and, and they want to work with you. But they also, a lot of times, if you're not known for something, like having a niche for something, they want to work with you, but they also want to pay you $1,000, you know, instead of, you know, you're like, well, it's $8,000 for the product. They want to give you 1000 you know, <laughs> so... Well, that comes with um, specializing, like you're saying, and building a brand and building like, you know, as I mentioned, when I went onto your website, I, I love it. You know, it's brilliant. It ticks all the boxes from a from an online marketing perspective. You know, you have your downloadables, you have your free um, resources, you have courses, you have the links to work with you. So it's very well done, very well thought out. Like maybe it's just the marketer's brain. I mean, you know, this is the sort of stuff I'm looking for when I'm when I'm looking through, um, you know, even podcast guests. I notice there's a media section where you share places where you've been featured in the media. Like that's brilliant. And that helps to build build that personal brand and build that authority, you know, that you've, you've done these things and um, you have these resources where people can see that, you know, you're legit and you know your stuff, you know, and, and, uh, um, and that gives you the authority then to charge and command a higher fee. You know that it's funny. Uh, like well, one of the things I said was like, okay, instead of trying to like, I'm going to make myself a client and I'm going to do everything I want to do for my clients. Uh, like that, you know, they might not have the budget or they might argue with me to do or that, you know, you know, and I'm just going to do it for myself. So it was kind of fun to have a client that I didn't have to convince that I had the right idea. For sure. But sometimes, I mean, I was only talking with somebody about this earlier, but like humans by their nature, self-sabotage, you know, yeah. they know, the, th- they know <laughs> sure. the things, that they, but I mean, people know the things that they should do and they might even write them down on a list and then they don't do it. 
you know, and it's like, you know, this is the thing that's going to move the needle, you know, and even, I mean, man, I mean, we get, we can get to talking about the money next, but I mean, I know this from experience, people put off looking at that, you know, people put off looking at the money. They don't want to sit down and look at all the money that they're spending and where they're spending it and how much of it is being spent on stuff, software subscriptions and all sorts of things that maybe they're not fully using and utilizing, but they kind of justify it in in some weird way that oh this is part of the business you know and, and therefore i should keep paying this money so is that the sort of stuff you would see and um, people's reluctance let's say to to take a serious look at their cash flow oh yeah 100 percent um and there's there's so much to unpack about what you just said there um People, well, people are scared to look at their money because they don't understand it and they're, they're worried what it's going to tell them and they don't want to feel like defeated by it. Um, in our community, in our space, see, it's funny that I went, like I laid out my background a little bit. I went, I came about this in a different way. I never, like, I don't know how to use Photoshop or Illustrator or like even WordPress that well, but I had people that did and I had like the clients and I had the ideas and the marketing for it, but, um, I didn't have that knowledge, but what I did have was the business knowledge. So I understood that and why that's important. And I understood that you could understand that stuff. It's just because it, it's just really spoken in a language that's overly complex. So to bring it back around, um, it's just we creative people think that we can't understand our money because we're right brain people. And we're not, and that that's just for the accountant types. And I think that comes about to get even deeper into it from just the way money's been talked about for the last 150 years. It hasn't changed. It's the same conversation in the same language that they had 150 years ago about money. Everything else has evolved, the language and our feelings and our beliefs around it. But, you know, and the entrepreneurial culture took off like 50, 60 years ago, but like, the what we learned about money didn't i mean we still teach like algebra two in school and everything like that but we don't teach how to balance a checkbook no i agree i mean even <laughs> this is funny because it's something i did recently you know i went to a mortgage application you know just to get um how much could i borrow what sort of houses could i be looking at and i, I was doing the math with them on the phone you know i was like hold on i want to work this out how much interest am i going to pay over the lifetime of this mortgage and I mean, like, they don't teach you that stuff at school, but like, when you do the math on it, you're like, holy Christ, that's theft. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, how do you justify putting that much interest? I know it's over 30 years or whatever, but like, when you actually do the math, you're like, Jesus Christ, that's shocking stuff. <laughs> and that's how banks rule the world, you know, but um, it's, you know, like you're saying, they don't teach you those uh, financial life skills um, and even just, you know, compound compound savings and, and and building building things up and like in ireland we have a thing that's called a credit union which is uh you know it's backed by the state it's not necessarily a bank but it's easier to borrow money out of it let you borrow money against your savings it's really clever and you know most people if they look after their finances they would have a credit union account and that's just kind of it's something away from the banks because if you were ever in hard times credit union would always look after you and you know i mean like just that's good financial sense in ireland but like you know if you don't have a parent who teaches it to you you won't learn it. You know, like school won't teach you about it. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's 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 not, it's the skills that they're not teaching that are so needed. Uh, when talking about understanding like mortgages and like finances and stuff like that, one of the things that, one of the many things that caused the 2008 financial 
crisis in the mortgage industry was were, were people taking out these loans that they couldn't afford or they couldn't they didn't understand. And there was this, and I was very proud that I worked in the subprime. The people worked with bad credit and everything like that. That really drove the the mortgage crisis. But the people I worked with, I said, no, these products aren't good for you. Let, let's let's come up with a financial plan. And it was just like, and it didn't matter whether you were making forty thousand or four hundred thousand. You know, you would still have the same problems. You could still have bad credit because you just didn't learn. You I mean you could be the most brilliant person. And I worked with really smart, successful people who just didn't understand money. You know, and no matter how much they were making, they were in they had problems with it because their mindset and everything like that wasn't right about it. They never learned the basics of it. And I would just sit there and I'd almost give them finance like basic 101 about finance and how to save and how to calculate that stuff. And how they would have these crazy ideas, you know, and, and it was just what everybody did. It was just like, okay, you have uh, $2,000 on a credit card. Instead of finding out a system to pay that off, they'd wrap it into a mortgage and then they'd end up paying, like you said, they'd end up paying like fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 to pay off that 2000 It was crazy. I, I just couldn't, I don't know, I was just, I was nearly laughing at the girl on the phone. I was like, I, I couldn't believe, like, but that's just the way it is, you know, and, and that's how it is. But it was, even just to understand it all was, um, like, it, they make it confusing on purpose, I think. But like, I guess if we get away from the, the topic of mortgage, because I don't, I don't want to go down too far down that rabbit hole. But I, I mean, I, I'd rather bring it back to the, the agency and the freelancers and, and managing the cash flow as a, as a business but yeah i mean i think they make things like that as confusing as possible and even more so in america because i mean essentially they don't want you to separate the the smoke and mirrors you know and see the clear reflection of what it is um so look i guess winding then into uh so you know you mentioned that your friend about a year ago you'd created that situation where um, you know, yeah, you had a lot of clients that, you know, maybe you weren't, you weren't happy, you know, I mean, people, this happens a lot of people, they get so busy and get so much work on and then they don't actually love it anymore. Um, and then you decided with your friend who was a designer to you know take these things online. So once you kind of did that, you know, where did you, because you were essentially going from being a local service provider in many ways to ha- online you know which is a big transition for anybody to do you know like it's no different for you in pittsburgh to me in sligo in ireland like um you know that's a that's a different different mentality and a different shift so like when you launched online what sort of things did you do to help grow the business and the traffic um, and you know get clients online versus uh, in the local community well i've created a lot of content uh, we set out with a mission to help 10,000 agencies and freelancers understand their money through the free content we were giving out. And, uh, and so everything we've done has revolved around trying to make an impact and help um, those 10,000 people. So, and we just, I, I said, we, we've transitioned our main functions now, our content creation and media marketing. Sweet. I mean, that's that's an ambitious goal, but it's very clearly clearly defined. So I guess when you have a clearly defined goal, it's uh, you can put the steps in place then to get there, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just it 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 removes it from how do I make money today? And I'll get and now and I could touch on a point about that too. But um, into how could we help more people today? And now I get up in the morning and I think to myself, you know, no matter what happens, like when when when. This whole thing happened with the pandemic. I had all sorts of speaking opportunities and travel coming up and and it all went away. Within a week, 
I had five speaking opportunities canceled or one big trip where I was going to do a lot of networking, a lot of um, uh, a big event canceled. And I was like, well, what do we do now? And I said, well, you know, and then I look back into what gets us up in the morning, what drives us, it's helping people. How do we help people? We create content. So we just tripled down on creating more content. So instead of just creating content about understanding your numbers, I created content, just, I just, Record it, record it, record it. Content about uh, and, pe- and having people understand what's happening in the economy and helping people. We had to, these big, confusing loan programs in this country. So I just got on Facebook Live and just talk and just explain things and just and read and just you know just be of value, be of service to people. And it's you know with no with no thinking, how am I going to monetize this? With no monetization strategy from the beginning, just knowing what our mission was. And it's paid off. Uh, I've been able to make relationships and network with people and g- get into like partnerships that I would that that I couldn't have dreamed of a month ago. Isn't it amazing how you know, the, the, like when you start doing that, well, like maybe even like you knew you could have done that all along, um, or maybe there's a part of you that thought you should, and then you didn't. And then when you're forced into this situation, you do it. And all these, it's like the stars align and, and all these things come to you. And, um, you know, it's, I'm a hundred percent on board with what you're saying there, like, you know, going on, putting in that value, especially for something complicated, like money. I mean, it's, it's funny, I'm building a, a website for my accountant actually, and uh, through my team. And he's, bit shy about going on you know video and, and doesn't really want to do it and i'm like dude you need to get on linkedin and do videos and just answer people's questions <laughs> because it's confusing and, and like what in ireland similar there's lots of grants available it's like what grants are available for small businesses what where should they go what should they do what help can they get just answer those questions you know like and, and let people ask you questions back and, and that's what people want and then they feel engaged and then you're the trusted advisor at that point you know that's essentially the goal like you become the trusted advisor and if they're seeking advice or if they're looking to hire somebody i mean who are they going to think of yeah 100 percent. you know and then um and then you get to feel good about what you're doing too <laughs> which always helps <laughs> For sure. I mean, like, I mean, there's nothing better than that. I love getting those messages where people listen to, you know, get these odd messages where people are like, oh, he's listening in. And because I heard you talking with this person, I decided to start a website or I you know, got my freelancing act together. Or like, I love that because, you know, I'm just sitting here now. I'm recording this with you. You're you're in America. I'm in Ireland. But this goes off out into the ether, you know, the ether of Spotify and iTunes and the Internet. And, um, you know, and it lives there forevermore and will be marketed forevermore. So like. You know, th- th- these conversations are the sorts of things that can spark the idea in people's minds and, and can help them um, maybe think of something that they didn't think of before. Uh, and I, I love the power of that, you know, that's the power of the Internet and, you know, you, using these mediums to, to get your message out there. So I guess just talking about freelancers and, and agency owners, can we just kind of hone in on like what would be some of the typical ways you see to mismanage their finances? Well, so I would say that I have four profit killers that we talk about. Um, the first one is overspending, and you touched on that. You know, um, I have to say, you know, even with everything I know and as good as I am with this stuff, that's my killer. I like to spend. And so, um, <laughs> and I, and so it's just, you know, it's subscription bloat. It's, it's only $20 a month. It's this, you know. Um, and what we have, and you could get this free on my website too, um, 
It's called a shiny object versus needed tool form. And it just breaks and, and it just, it walks you through um, a, a process that breaks the uh, emotional part of the buying process and, and engages your logical side of your mind that would say, okay, maybe we don't need a third like SEO keyword research tool. You know, maybe we're good with the one we have. So, and then, um, so there's overspending and there's uh, underpricing. There's like, and, and you talked about that too, a little bit we touched touched on like imposter syndrome. It's like self-sabotage. You know, we don't think we're, you know, capable enough, good enough uh, to, to charge enough because we're, we're too worried about um, our competition and everything like that. And we haven't differentiated ourselves enough. So, um, and I just, I, I just like to, I mean, don't mean to cut across it, but just something that I want to mention on that too, because I know a lot of freelancers listen, is like, you know, and, and I mean, you've experienced this and I believe I have as well, where you were working with local clients in a local market and maybe your local market, the going rate is a lot lower. You know what I mean? Like if you were to charge a higher rate, just people there wouldn't work with you. But when you're working online, it's a different ballgame because it's the world. You know what I mean? Like it's people in Australia, it's people in America. And therefore, you know, like underpricing is always people going to be, you're going to be able to charge a much higher fee when you're working remote and online because essentially your clients could be anybody, you know? So I just kind of want to put that in there as well with the underpricing. So, you know, don't let your local market determine your pricing when it comes to delivering your services online because you can charge a lot more online. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, my friend, like I said, when, when I was, she was like, well, why, why are you so committed to the, the local? And, and I was like, well, I wanted to help local businesses out. She says, well, you still, she, and she told me, she says, they have to have a problem. You have to, they, you have to have the solution, but they have to have the budget because if they don't have the budget, you know, it's, you know, it's you're doing yourself and the other people that you could be helping a disservice. And even though we know this stuff, it's hard to apply it. Like, I mean, I know this stuff left and right, but even it's, it's hard for me to apply. Like, it's funny how you said, go back and in full confession here, Wes, I wouldn't be neat if I treated myself as a client and did all the stuff I know to do. Well, I have um, uh, my friends hold me accountable for actually doing that stuff. Because even like I know I know to do that stuff, but I might not actually do it. Like we're working on a video sales letter. I've helped many clients write video sales letter. I don't have one. And somebody said to me, Nev, you need a video sales letter. Get that done this week. So um, and I was like, oh, yeah. So I just think it's those things. Maybe we know this stuff, but we're just scared to implement it for ourselves. Accountability. I, I mean, you hit on the word there and that's it. Having an accountability partner really helps for anybody, even if you're just you know, if you're doing freelancing, like, did you do this many sales calls? Did you do send this many sales emails? And, you know, it can be a friend or it can be somebody maybe who you don't get along with, you know, and they're just that hard, that hard voice in your life like that. But they're important. And this is where coaches really help people, you know, when people hire business coaches. And it's not like, I mean, it's not necessarily that they're telling you some magic bullets. In a lot of cases, they're telling you the stuff you need to know, but they're holding you accountable to do it. And when you actually do the things that you said you were going to do and you know you should do, and somebody holds you accountable and you get them done, well, guess what? You get results. <laughs> you know, like things start to happen because you're actually doing the stuff. But, oh man, I, like I 100% know what you mean um, about that. So, and I think everybody does. I mean, everyone can relate to that, but it's, um, yeah, it's just important to have that accountability. And, you know, sometimes, 
sometimes you mess up and you have a bad day or a bad week, but like the point is to just get back at it, you know, like just press refresh. Every day is a new day and fair enough if you if you messed up, you know, I know especially now with coronavirus and everybody's locked in their houses and maybe, you know, it's playing on people's minds. Like sometimes like, you know, you might have a bad day, but it's just important to just try and brush it off and just, you know, press reset and go again, you know? Oh yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, so I think that's going to determine the people that, so to to go off on a little bit of maybe a, a tangent here though but um what so right now we're in a situation and recessions they create massive opportunities you know in when they clear up you know we uh, you could go back and look at you, you know all the like the, the the massive companies right now that that 2008 created like Uber and Airbnb and a whole a whole list of them so right now we what you can do is you could you could hit reset every day and say okay you know this has been really crappy what's happened lately and then we could um either be sad about it and not do anything about it and just worry about it or we could we, we could realize that we're afraid we're worried we're upset but what can i do and um and just like what you were saying right there and i think those are the people that decide to hunker down and create content to um like what i'm telling my clients is give back to your clients like the woman that uh there's a good friend of mine that designed her, uh my, my website and everything like that created that brand and i said to her she was really worried about she was paralyzed really worried about losing her retainer clients and i said well what can you do for them and I said, what can you do above and beyond to make them love you? And she says, uh, and she says, we don't have a lot of business coming in right now. I said, increase the retainer hours by 25%. And she did that. She didn't lose one client. There you go. You know, like, you know, you can't be, you can't be frozen by it. You know, look, sometimes you lose clients. Sometimes you lose a big client. It sucks. But I mean, you can't let that define you or your business. You know, you have to just like the online world and, and the business world in general. Look, some people are going to shut down. Some people are going to lose their business. Some people are going to be just fine. And, and you know, it, it's just trying to just, yeah, keep things ticking over and, and you know, do what you can. Like that that woman acted and as a result of that, you know, she's in a better position. Um, and hopefully, you know, as things pick up, if she's creating that content and putting the word out there, she'll get, the you know, more clients that she needs. And it's not like, and so what I, it's, it's not all rosy. Like, I mean, she's a really good friend of mine. So we talk a lot and, you know, it's on a daily basis, whether she is, um, you know, upset and worried and scared, or she's a, a little bit happy or a little bit seen like this is, this is going to end and come out well, but she, she shows up every day and, and, and does her best, you know, whether her best is good enough that day or not. It might not be, but she does. And it's just that constant effort of showing up again and again and trying, you know, that I think is what's going to bring us through this because nothing that's nothing we have in our life that's worth having that we appreciate didn't take effort and struggle and pain to get. For sure. And I mean, part of the part of what you learn is through the journey of doing it as well, you know, like through, through that applying that effort. And that's where the, you know, the, the gratitude comes from in it. And, um, you know, that's, I mean, you hit on another word there, which was consistency, you know, like, I mean, th these are the, the important words. Uh, I know you were going through your four profit killers and we had overspend and underpricing, but kind of during the conversation, we also hit two very important words, which is the accountability and consistency of your work. So all these things are important. So what would be number three? 
So would be your cash flow. And I think right now, this is the most critical one. So because cash flow is not only the queen right now, it's king. And understanding how our money is coming in and out of our business. And because when, and I'm just using these numbers hypothetically, when we were making $100,000, you know, and you, you were wasting 10 and so, you know, your, your actual, what you made from your business was 90 because you, you wasted 10,000 on stuff that you didn't even realize subscriptions, all sorts of other stuff, you know, that, you know, you can still live a pretty good life to 90,000 US. You can still live a pretty good life on 90,000 US, you know, um, there, you know, you're not going poor. I mean, you're not going hungry, you know, but if that, if your income drops to 40 and you still have that 10,000 that you're like kind of wasting, just kind of like, it's just kind of seeping out. Now you're making 30. And the difference between 30 and 40 is a hell of a lot more impactful than 90 to 100. So, and like these numbers were just to illustrate a point, but what I'm saying is right now, we need to be extra sure about what we're doing, you know, how we're spending our money. Because we all have bills to pay and we need to make smarter decisions right now than we made when we were really flush with money. So um, to that end, we have a, um, and we've made all this stuff free. We have, uh, it's called an expense killer on our website right now that you download this. It's training that y you go through it. It'll take maybe an hour. And, you know, I have people that save anywhere from, $40 a month to upwards of $1,000 a month, you know, just by going through and being able to eliminate stuff, finding stuff that they're getting billed for that they didn't even know they were still getting billed for. Um, and then that, I mean, we do that, we do that draw every six months. Cause like I said, we're spending right here. So, um, <laughs> I think, I mean, everybody's guilty of it when you have it coming in. Cause like you're saying, it's that tool, that software. I was only doing it earlier on today. Yeah, I was just having a look at all the different ones that I'm using, you know, and it's like you're saying, am I using two for SEO? Am I using two for graphics? Like, do I really need, you know, this one and that one? Like, uh, you know, a Trello subscription and an Asana subscription are the same bloody thing, you know, like it's, <laughs> you know, and, and often maybe you just pick these things up, like you're saying, 10 or a month here, 40 a month here, 30 a month here, and it all matters. So that's over at nevharris.com. Um, right on the homepage, there's a big button there, kill your expenses now, which will trigger the pop-up and give you the um, the sheet that you're talking about. Because look, it's, unco it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's for free. Like, you know, it's one of these things, like we were saying, you know, like it's uncomfortable for people because sometimes people don't like to shine a light on, you know, maybe where they're being inefficient, you know, and, and like, I guess the thing to just bring out here is like, it's everybody, you know, everybody, most people, not not everybody, like most people will have, you know, some areas where maybe they're spending cash um, inefficiently, you know, and like you're saying, they're leaking it out of the bucket they're not saving it or you know putting it into something that could be more beneficial for the business and and you know these are the important things just when it comes to cash flow i guess one of the biggest things i mean I, always with freelancers what they're always telling me is that they're chasing money chasing money so like you know what have you seen to be some of the better ways to try and help mitigate like you know just chasing money with clients you know what i mean is it an upfront payment is it a monthly subscription via credit card like on, on an online cart you know what has been the best way to try and help because you know you can plan for cash flow and you can have clients but you know ultimately if the clients aren't paying the bills you know then the money's not coming in so that seems to be a problem for a lot of freelancers 
Well, I will I will answer this question in two ways. One, I will give you some tips to getting money in, and then I will give you more of a strategy kind of play to um, mitigate that effect. Because, you know, in this space, in this industry, that is that is that is a reality. So, um, how do we? What's that? Sorry, no, I'm just saying 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ask yeah. any freelancer. <laughs> They'll all tell you. Like, that's part of it. It's part of the game and it's a, it's a horrible part of the game. You know, it's not oh, nice. It sucks. You know, so yeah, I'm just curious because, I mean, this is your industry. This is your thing. So, like, what would you suggest? Um, you know, a- any tips, strategies, you know, any advice you can give people who to try and, you know, ideally help avoid that situation. But even if they're in that situation, like, some of the better ways to handle it. So, here's what I say. Um, and here's things that we've tried in my agency and to uh, mitigate this in, in my, uh, we have a, a, another company that does a magazine and everything like that. So credit cards, get, get, get as much, um, get as much billing that you can on credit cards, um, better terms, you know? So it's just, I was just working with uh, just a friend of mine. I was talking the other day and she was talking about this project she's working on and her terms are, she does then 10%. And I I was like, well, that's crazy because the customer could stretch that out. They have 60% of your money. And she's like, I'm 85% done with the project, but I'm only, um, uh, I've only got paid for 30%. I was like, that's not good. So getting, getting at least trying to get everything up front. And, you know, a lot of times people won't pay everything up front. So, but a lot of times what we say people won't do is just in our head and they'll actually do it. It's just our head trash. It's our self-limiting belief about what they will and won't do. So um, I would say, you know, you want to at least get, you know, um, 50, if not 70% of that money before you start and then have checkoffs where, you know, you're getting more um, and you can get that on credit card. But there's another way in America. So what happens with a credit card? All they have to do is cancel their credit card or the expiration date expires or just something's going to happen. So there's something called an ACH and, and also you're paying 3% so um, to the credit card company. There's something called ACH it's, um, and, and I don't... You, confusing term what it stands for. But what it means is it's instead of coming from a credit card, you're drafting the money straight from their bank account. And you're like, oh, they never give me your bank account information. You'd be shocked that if you tell them this is the process, you could confidently say, this is my process. Here's how I get paid. And then now like you're drawing that money straight from their bank account. So you're going to get that money. And a lot of times, even if they don't have that money, you know, you'll still get your money. It might bounce and it might be reversed, but it might, it might bounce and go through. And then and they're stuck with having to deal with their bank. And, um, because you, you will become, um, a bottom priority when, uh, when they're have when, when a client's having tough times, you know, Absolutely. Especially the digital marketing, digital marketing freelancers, you know, I mean, this is, this is it, you know, this is real talk. And, and this is, you know, as you were saying, your experience over there, and I, I have friends who are freelancers, and I know people um, who've had this happen to them. And like you're saying, often the social media manager, the freelance writer, the web designer, the graphics person can be the last to get paid. Number four of the profit killers. What's the final one beyond CAC? Could I jump back to... to sorry, to, sorry. Yeah, there was another point, wasn't yeah. there? Sorry, my apologies. No, no problem. Because I think, I, think <clears throat> I think this isn't a key point to getting paid, but I also think this is just one of the biggest messages that I could get across right now and what you could be doing right now 
to even if you don't have this right now, fix things. It's recurring revenue. It's having some way. It's so if you don't get paid by if if Joe Blow's business is sticking you in and slow paying you and everything like that, if you already had enough recurring revenue coming in to cover your expenses and he was going to be profit, yeah, it sucks. You want that. You earned it. You deserve it. But it's not as critical. It's not going to cause as much problems for you if you have a lot of recurring revenue coming in. So having a way, like having something you sell that creates recurring revenue coming in is um, is so key. In the agency side, probably, you know, it's like um, um, like web care plans, like web hosting, web maintenance and everything like that. It's, you know, it could be doing a marketing retainer. It could be doing like some kind of social media, like monthly kind of management. It could be, it could be coming up with something you sell as a product and turning it into like, or something you sell as a service and turning it into like productizing it. So, you know, you get paid monthly for it. Yeah. And um, affiliate as well, a little bit of, you know, oh yeah, affiliate great. marketing mm-hmm. as well. Like you're obviously going to be an affiliate for the hosting companies and domain companies with the clients that you're working with. But I mean, I'm a hundred percent on board with what you're saying. Recurring revenue is the gold. And as a freelancer, you know, it's, it's best if you can secure those sorts of deals. Um, you know, even if you're an e-commerce store, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for, you know, consumable products that will bring you recurring revenue that have a subscription model. Um, to me, that's the gold in e-commerce, you know, that um, anyone who's doing those sorts of businesses that, you know, those are the ones. If I was getting into it, that's where I'd be, you know, <laughs> because because it's predictable revenue. Like, that's the most important thing is predictable revenue. And then, you know, if you know what money's coming in every month, then you can survive, you know, and, and you can navigate these hard times. And like you're saying, when you're chasing that big invoice for that big, project that you did it doesn't shut you down you know and it doesn't put an end to your to your situation and put you in difficult times because you have these recurring models be that through affiliate through smaller packages um you know that you can easily productize and sell um versus these big projects that take up you know a lot of your time and resources oh which is one with the thing so i've talked to a lot of business owners because i have a podcast is coming out someday um and but i've already had about eight interviews with just people i know that i was like hey look let's have a let's have a chat about this kind of stuff how'd you survive a recession that's in our business it does that is in the agency freelancer space and that the recurring theme is two recurring themes one of them is they 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 had a source of you know they created a source of recurring revenue and um and two is either they created it during the recession or they created it, you know, that they had it going in. And two is they, 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 they didn't hide from it. They charged and they were scared, you know, and they, they created some pretty big companies and, but they were scared, they were afraid, but they didn't let it hold them back. And so that's, that's very important. And, and so how was I able to transition into doing this was because I have a magazine that it's a direct mail magazine. That's a pain in the neck to do. I don't like it. I want to get rid of it. I hope none of my clients are listening. <laughs> but um, it's uh, but and and but it creates uh, cash flow. It creates a lot of recurring revenue for us because it's every every quarter we come out with this magazine and we make money off it. So um, and so that that's that you know that helps you know us this this funded me starting the agency and helped me fund it starting this brand is having that, you know, recurring revenue in. So, yeah. I mean, I see this a lot with bloggers, even you know, a lot of, 
like to just come out the gate and be a blogger and make money is, I mean, near impossible. You know what I mean? Like nobody does that. Like most people, what they'll do is they might start a website or a niche site or, you know, blog about something, but then they're doing the services on the side and the services provide the revenue to keep you alive, but also to fund that project while you build that website, um, you know, or a podcast or whatever it is that you're doing. But to that point where it's generating enough revenue that you could then live off, you know, like you don't. You don't just come out the gate doing it. You typically provide the service that brings the revenue and then you build the thing, that other thing on the side, you know, like be that an agency or, um, you know, a website for like aff- affiliate marketing is a big thing that some of the listeners be are into. So, I mean, that's the sort of websites where, you know, you're building, let's say a vegan blog and you're just recommending supplements for vegans and juicers for vegans. And, um, you know, eventually you get that ranking and then that might bring in enough revenue for you to live off, you know? I, I love affiliate marketing. I've never, I've never dipped my toe really into it, but I think it's when I see people that are able to do that, I'm like, man, that is so cool. <laughs> that is just that's such a neat way to make money. A hundred percent. Even I mean, I worked with one of a financial advisor in Ireland, and you know, he had no idea about it. And then, you know, we kind of got to talking about it, and it turns out most insurance companies have affiliate programs. Most, um, you know, even financial services companies would have affiliate programs. And all of a sudden, you're like, Jesus! It's it, like, yeah. I mean, it's an, a referral fee, you know, essentially. So, like, for people who don't know what it is, it's kind of like a referral fee. You know, if I sent somebody over, you know, using an imaginary scenario. If Nev had a referral fee for sending somebody over to him, for every person I sent, he gives me $100, then, you know, that's the commission on the affiliate, you know, and some people when they sell courses will give a a commission on, yeah, uh, if I sent you over to somebody's course and then you bought the course, I'd get a kickback, you know, that's effectively all that it is. Um, And just getting conscious of time, so we'll circle back to number four on the profit killer. So we've had overspend, underpriced and cash flow, and what's number four? Number four is it's it's the it's the simplest one we could. It's taxes. It's if you're if it, in the U.S. and I think I know Australia and I'm pretty sure the U.K. Um, we have you have to make um, quarterly tax payments if you're self-employed. So what what happens is you're not accounting for taxes and you think you've gone done had a really good quarter, and then all of a sudden you get hit with a tax bill and it wipes out what you thought your profit was. Yeah, I've talked, I mean, I think I spoke on, I think it was episode two a long while ago about this exact situation where, yeah, I mean, if you're not putting your taxes away and then when that tax bill comes, that just takes the wind right out of your sails, you know? (laughs) 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 Or maybe you thought, like you were saying, maybe you were overspending a bit and you were spending money that should have been kept for taxes and it wasn't. And then when that bill comes, in Ireland, it's yearly. So, I mean, it's even worse if you get hit with it, you know, because you get, I mean, you, you file at the end of October and then you get your bill in November right before Christmas. Um, you know, if you don't have a good account and you get a big fat bill. Um, but yeah, it's a year's worth, not a quarter. So, um, but I mean, of course you can do these things and your accountant could be, if you're a business, um, submitting them quarterly and, and doing everything that way. But typically sole traders and freelancers um, who don't have a, you know, a limited company, let's say, uh, and, and are just sole traders, they would typically, you know, um, so yeah, no, look, so that's, so that's it. So those are the four profit killers. You've got overspend, underpricing, cash flow and taxes. Um, Nev, so look, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, and I hope our listeners enjoyed this episode as well. Uh, so yeah, where can people find you if they wanted to get in touch? I know you mentioned there's a podcast coming, you know, let us, let me know. Do you have a name for it yet? When are you planning on releasing it? Um, yeah, what's, what's the details? 
Uh, the podcast is called Profit and Impact, and uh, we are um, dealing with the Apple approval uh, mess right now. So we're, we're, we're in limbo with Apple. We're waiting to get our approval, but how to get a hold of me? I'm the Nev Harris pretty much across all social platforms. Um, I think I'm nev.harris on Instagram, but we should change. <laughs> it's bad marketing. Um, and then uh, my website's nevharris.com, and there's all the links right there. And we have a Facebook group, nevharris.com slash Facebook group that we put a lot of free training into. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to get all the links and add them to the podcast episode over at digitalnomadcafe.com. You should be able to click out in Spotify now as well. I think you can click out to the links if you're listening there. So, um, Nev, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey and your story. Lots of insights there for agency owners and freelancers when it comes to cash flow, especially relevant and important and topical at this time. So, uh, yeah, just thank you and thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.